You are listening to American Babylon live on tape with Heather Moroso. Heather is the executive director at Positively Beautiful. She's also the doctor at Moroso Medical Center over on 7th Street. They do naturopathy, acupuncture, and medical marijuana evaluations. If you're like me, you might be confused about Prop 205. Voting happens on Tuesday, and I had kind of a gut instinct going into this interview about what I think about Prop 205. Heather is a wellspring of information and a great perspective on this issue, and I was really happy to sit down with her and just talk about it a little bit. I hope you enjoy it. If there's one thing we need more of, it is information. This is American Babylon. Don't forget our live show coming up this Tuesday during the election results. Down at the one and only Tap and Bottle on 6th Avenue in Tucson, Arizona. Live music, all kinds of special guests, some fun games, and who the hell knows what else. Join us, won't you? Starting sometime around 5.36, going until apocalyptic overtones are subsiding or completely overrunning the scene. We will see you there. Thank you, be well. AmericanBabylon.net. Talk to you next time. Okay. Hey, Internet. What is happening? This is American Babylon, live on tape with the one and only Heather Moroso. We're over here at Moroso Medical Center on Speedway. That's going to be at 2nd and Speedway if you are looking to find this location. What's up, Heather? How are you? I'm good. And yourself? I'm good. Fantastic. Busy. Yeah. It's a busy time of year, that's for sure. Ready for uh, Tuesday's election to get underway and then be done. You know, it's kind of like getting ready for a test. At one point, you just got to walk away and you're just waiting for it to be over. So I wonder, 100% agree. It's a good time to like, I don't know anybody who has this plan, but to go to Bisbee and just hang out in Bisbee and just decompress. I think that's a fantastic idea. Somebody would be smart to do that. They would be. We're here to talk about one very specific thing, which is on the ballot um, coming up on Tuesday, and that is Prop 205. According to the Arizona Secretary of State, Prop 205 allows individuals to possess, grow, and purchase marijuana from state-licensed facilities for personal use. A A yes vote shall have the effect of permitting individuals, blah, blah, blah. Basically, you don't have to be medicinal anymore is the idea behind this proposed regulation in order to smoke marijuana. So those of us who don't have a qualifying medical condition, would presumably be able to walk into a store or state-run uh, facility and get some marijuana. Is that the basic idea behind the proposition? That's the pretty much general nuts and bolts of it. That's how it's being laid out by the people who are promoting it, right? Well, I mean, what you say is true. There I mean, it is, right? Yeah. I mean, what you say is true, but like with any law, there's 20 pages of written 
proposed proposition. Is it that so long? So it's God. certainly more than just two sentences. Right. So that's part of it for sure. Real quickly, give us some background on you. Give us the elevator pitch on why we should care what you say on this matter, I guess. Is I'm, that... Yeah, I'm a naturopathic physician. I got my license, I think, in 2002. I've been in Tucson ever since. I was working with patients living with HIV and AIDS for most of my career, and that's when medical marijuana started, which I would never expected to be super into just doing certifications, um, but what's really turned out to be a strong part of my practice. So I still do a lot of HIV and AIDS work, specific acupuncture, things like that, but you know, after five years of working with medical marijuana and seeing lives change and things be drastically, at least an option for patients that they never had before, um, it's become a big part of my practice as well. So here we are. 2016. It's November 4th. It's starting to get cold. It is. And I know a lot of people that are looking at Prop 205. I think a lot of people are made up on Prop 206. They may not have like really good reasons for it, but one way or another, they kind of know how they feel about the idea of a increase in the minimum wage. A lot of people that I've talked to, and even my, myself, even myself, uh, even knowing something about this law, I have to say it is difficult to figure out what to do about it. On the one hand, I understand it's like a poorly written law, and that's what we're about to talk about. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, like the main reason I support this law and that I will vote for it personally is that I know Arizona too well to think that next year we'll have another shot. Uh, It's kind of like you get to the Super Bowl the first year you're in the league, and you think when you lose, you think, oh, no problem. I'll be back next year. Don't forget the Cubbies just won. The Cubbies did just win. <laughs> so I have this deep fear of passing this one by, even though I think it's probably a badly written law, and you're going to tell us why that's true or not true, because I just don't trust that we'll be put in a position to to legalize marijuana again. So that'd be like the main reason why I'm supporting it. Tell me why I'm crazy and naive. I think that's about the best argument that I've ever heard. At least that they people fear that it won't come around again. I disagree. People are already starting to rewrite it again. I know personally, if there was an opportunity to get more involved politically, especially behind putting together a, stem, a law that actually makes sense, and I'm willing to compromise, I'm not looking for the unicorn. I'm not looking for like some unbelievable law. I'm looking for something that's fair. I would personally get more involved, and I know a lot of people feel that way. I think that the involvement so far has been somewhat disorganized. I think that there's been a split within the community, but I think there is a chance that it can be done again. And at the same time, I think there's so many problems with the law, you have to choose between the lesser evils. Do you want this like have the option of only having medical and not having recreational, or do you want something that's extremely poorly written that you can't change once it's into effect because it's a voter's initiative? Give us, give us the main, what would you say are the three main reasons why it's poorly written? If I can take voter initiative, <laughs> the fact that it's a voter initiative off that list, I'll do that. But to begin, so I'm going to give you four. Okay. Because of the fact that it's a voter's initiative, once this is put into effect, you can't change it except for another voter's initiative or a supermajority vote in the Senate, which is two-thirds. 
we still have a conservative Senate, and you have to create changes in the law that make the law better, for to put it simply. And that's not going to happen with the men and women in Phoenix that we have. Probably the, I find the biggest problem with the law is the way that it's governed, the dispensary's deep pockets, and ambiguous laws. Ambiguous laws is probably the most controversial point. And people say I speak rhetorically, but part of that's because I'm bound by HIPAA. I do have patients got screwed with Prop 203, with the way that the law was written with the grow rights back then when we could grow. The law does say you can grow six plants, you can keep what you grow, and you, um, you know, are, have full rights to that. The problem is, previously in the statute, it's the same argument that we hear, it does say the whole one ounce, so you can only, and they can weigh the entire plant. They define marijuana by what it's not. It's not hemp, no police officer is going to know the difference by sight whether or not it's hemp. It's not sterile seeds. Like to challenge you how you figure out whether a seed is sterile besides throwing it in the ground and waiting for a while. And it's also not mature roots and stems with no definition of mature. Additionally, if somebody was coming in to look at that grow, you can't really chop it down and count tree rings and there's no birth certificate. While most of the time reading the way that the law is written, it implies that you're probably just fine having those six plants and what you keep is what you, you know, what you grow is what you keep. But I've seen people tripped up by that. I've seen cops go into homes or if law enforcement go into homes and 80% of the time it's cool and 20% of the time it's not. And that 20% of the time it goes to court and sometimes that's messy. I know a couple that was in their late 60s that was raided. They were left at the end of the street in their underwear. They have um, 18 months later, $15,000 later, all charges were dropped. They got $7,500 back and now she's got a full blown case of PTSD. And that's just one of the cases where ambiguous laws result in some pretty crappy ends. So yeah, so that's called patient to patient. Patient sure. to patient underneath medical marijuana is two patients can exchange medication as long as they both have their cards. And what's been controversial is that money exchange, right? And so the states basically said, no, you can't exchange anything of value. People kind of dance and skirted around that by do calling it donations, delivery places have been set up and shut down based upon that. People have been in trouble based upon that. That being said, underneath recreational, that would absolutely be a felony. I could give you cannabis, you could give me cannabis, but we couldn't exchange money for it. Which brings me to some of the problems with, you asked before about other points of the law that are problems with me, but when you're ready. No, no, please okay. go ahead. So Hit us, um, hit, hit us with the problematics. Right. That's so what we're here for. I have a big problem, too, with the fact that the dispensaries, it won't be a monopoly, right? Everybody says it's not going to be a monopoly, and I 100% agree. But it's as closest to a monopoly as you can get. There's about, what, 100 dispensary owners? Don't quote me on that because I'm not 100% sure, but for sake of argument. So until 2021... The dispensaries, the current medical marijuana dispensaries, get every single recreational license. This is not just retail. This is growing it. This is selling it, transporting it, processing it, and retail. So to me, that's rather convenient. You get to grow your own, test your own, and sell your own until 2021. And then in 2021, they open up for other people to get their recreation or to get a license. For, for recreational marijuana. Which inevitably will be a very ambiguous process. It's not an ambiguous process. It's very, very clear, actually. Okay. So let's say you want to open up your own shop. You know, you're going to open up your own CB-dominant strain store, and you're going to specialize in products for dogs, right? right? This is your dream. You get all your stuff together over the next four years. You get your money together. You send in your application. If any current, as of 2016, 
medical marijuana dispensary wants to then get another recreational license, they're always given for a shot. You're not even looked at. I guarantee you they're going to want to expand their business in four years because they're going to be making a grip of money. The only way that they're going to add even more recreational licensing is based on two things, demand and illegal activity. So the more illegal activity, the more demand, the more recreational licenses. But forever, until the end of time, the current medical marijuana dispensaries will always be given first choice over basically the small business person is the way that I look at it. Additionally, only the current medical marijuana dispensaries are the ones that are gonna be given unlimited grows. So if you look at it from completely a capitalistic point of view, they're not only, they're basically eliminating free enterprise. The small businessman, all these people who are doing fantastic jobs, not in the dispensary. I know someone who, excuse me, legally grows high CBD strains. He's a caregiver. He CO2 extracts them. He sends them to the lab, and he helps kids who have seizures. You know how hard it is to find truly non-hemp sources of high CBD strains as a physician in this town for patients? You can't find it 100%. You can find it spotty. You get a kid who comes in here who has seizures, you titrate him off his Depakote. Oh, I'm sorry, the dispensary forgot to order it. What are you going to do, let that kid have a grand mal? There's people who are doing fantastic jobs who will always be suppressed by the way that this law is done. And just so we're clear, for, for those of us that don't know what high CBD oil uh, extractions are, you're talking about the other side of the marijuana plant, right? The, the non-psychoactive part of it. Well, so, it's all part of the marijuana plant. So. Well, I'm just saying people have found that there's the high CBD level you know, extractions, be they edibles or be they oils or whatever, they're not psychoactive. They, you might feel yeah. comfortable giving them to a kid. Yeah, they're not psychoactive, but right. every marijuana strain has some THC. The difference sure. between marijuana and hemp is the fact that hemp doesn't have THC, basically. They sell hemp all the time in medical marijuana dispensaries. The problem is it doesn't work as well. So it's confusing out there. There's not a lot of regulation at the dispensaries. You know, and so part of that, there's a, there's a lot of opportunity for the dispensaries to great. There's dispensaries who I've seen change lives. There's dispensaries who I've seen rip off an 80-year-old woman who had lung cancer for $2,100. I have a hard time in the United States of America not allowing small, like not allowing small businessmen and free competition. I always joke they could be bleeding glitter and puking rainbows with love for their patients. Some are. And some of it's BS, and everybody deserves competition. It's so interesting to see this kind of second wave mar marijuana thing happen, and see the smaller growers line up against the the big corporate established players. The same thing has happened in California. Mm -hmm. I think at the last statistic I saw that thirty seven percent of marijuana growers in California support this new initiative they have to make marijuana recreationally available. And the obvious reason uh, why they don't support it in general are a lot of the reasons that you're laying out. Mm -hmm. The players that are already huge are going to be kind of given a pass, at least for the next five years, to be vertically integrated as the only players in the state, which is kind of insane. Mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of like after prohibition of alcohol ended, uh, instead of establishing a, a kind of a trifold system, which they did, where you have distributors and you have provider, you have 
you know, you can't be the only player, right? Yeah, and right. people people do complain about the kind of way that's set up, especially now that craft beer is big. Mm-hmm. But the point is that certainly this is much different if the state is now saying only it's a, here's an oligarchy of people who are allowed to be in the business of marijuana from top to bottom. That mm-hmm. seems to me to be inherently problematic. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, I... I if again, even if they were doing a hundred percent excellent jobs across the board, there's people who aren't even born yet who will never get a chance like they do, who will never be able a chance to open up a dispensary. Maybe they finally get that one shot, but it won't be with the same parameters, such as the grow rights. That's not right and it's not fair. And I know the world's not fair, but that's really to the point of not being fair where I'm gonna vote no because of the fact that I have seen people who didn't have $150,000 and win a lottery in 2011 who are doing a far better, superior job and truly saving lives. And, you know, those people get a shot. You know, I also have a huge problem with the way that's governed. You know, the governor, as we all know, is going to create the, the, the commission, the medical marijuana, or sorry, I keep calling it medical marijuana, the marijuana commission. Right. So this is outlined in the law. If the law passes within mm-hmm. a certain amount of days, this... Uh, body has to be set up to oversee the regulation of such. Yeah. And quote unquote. Three, it's going to be seven people and a director, which would be the eighth person. Um, three of the seven people have to have financial ties with it to a dispensary. Four of them don't. And I think the other four don't really have a, a clear guideline of who they are. Um, the director needs to be someone that's either a politician or a good business person. Whatever that means. <laughs> Thank you. So, but I do have a problem with nearly 50% of this governing board being marijuana dispensary owners or financially involved. So the people that are being governed are on the board that's governing the, the people. So they're basically creating their own regulations, enforcing their own regulations, which I'll talk about in a second, and governing themselves to a majority not quite a majority. Additionally, one of these people of seven is gonna be called the enforcement officer. This enforcement officer is going to be deputized as a full police officer. My eyebrows just raised, dear listener. Uh, I wasn't aware of that part of the law. Uh, that must be stuck somewhere in the 20 pages. But Yeah, I, I can flip through. I have highlighted, and I, so I believe it's under the section that just says Popo. They're deputizing <laughs> some random person to be a, an actual law enforcement officer in the state? And he gets to create his own internal task force. My question to hmm. you is this. If you're legalizing it, why the hell are you doubling your law enforcement for it and creating your own internal task force? So they get to govern themselves? They get to create their own rules and regulations, and they get to create a law enforcement. The last that to to enforce these rules and regulations. I'm watching Narcos right now, and it honestly reminds me of Pablo Escobar. Esque. He probably would have like been shocked at the idea that he would get to name the regulatory body and uh, appoint the task force. It's it's to me it's just unbelievable. I mean, it, to me, even owning another dispensary. Let's say, and I don't, I didn't, I, don't quote me on this because this part's a little bit vague. I did not see anything in there that said who that law enforcement officer would be. Now, imagine if it's one of the dispensary financial folks. Let's call it an owner, for lack of a better word, at this point in time, or somebody who's financially involved, whatever you want to coin it as. 
if I was running a competitor, like a competitor as a, underneath a dispensary, that would make me nervous for whatever reason. You have your direct competitor who also can legally enforce what you're doing and go through with a fine-tooth comb. That's like two restaurants and one of them being the food inspector. Well, thankfully, in the great state of Arizona, we don't have any history of political corruption when it comes to regulators. So <laughs> yeah. I, I'm actually not worried about that at all. Yeah. It sounds fantastic. Tell us about, and I'm being facetious, it's a horrible idea. And one more reason why uh, Miss Heather Moroso is actually convincing me that I should <laughs> vote against this goddamn law. Tell me about the regulation aspect. Like, what worries you there? What worries me there is kind of what I was saying, just from dispensary to dispensary. And I'm not even involved in that side of the, the, the coin of the marijuana industry. I'm not involved in product or selling it or anything like that. I just want to see something that's fair. But I know that if I was a dispensary owner and maybe someone I didn't get like, because there's never internal politics and cattiness that run into Tucson and just the everyday life stuff that creates ripples that can have somebody come in and inspect your dispensary maybe that has other ulterior motives. Maybe I'm paranoid. I also know people who are legally growing cannabis right now for dispensaries, right? They're caregivers. They're caregivers for five people. They're legally allowed to grow 12 plants for maybe, maybe 60 plants in their home. Well, if the dispensaries then get grow licenses and then they also have their law enforcement and they know who this person is growing, what prevents them from being like, oh, I'm sorry, we don't need you anymore. And then this person has 60 mature plants, and where is he? He's underneath still the guise of medical marijuana, but now the medical marijuana program is also taken upon the Medical Marijuana Commission because that will transfer over as well. And to me, it's just way too much power. How can you be the, the governor, the enforcer, and then also be the people that you're governing and enforcing? It reeks of the sorts of, uh, again, vertically integrated, integrated systems that do like lend themselves to corruption and, and uh, abuses of power. If we get into, so let's say you had your druthers and, and just give us a real quick rundown of why we should vote no. And then also, you know, I guess in that uh, direction, more importantly, how would you change this? What would you uh, like to see in a recreational marijuana law? Because my thing is th the country is going to regulate, or I'm sorry, recognize marijuana as a legal product inevitably in the next few years. Yeah, I don't know about that. That's just how I feel about it. Yeah, I mean, everybody it. said that about Obama. Obama was going to deregulate it. He's going to declassify it. He was going to decriminalize it. Obama didn't do it. He's about as liberal as it gets. Yeah, but you know? the, look, Obama in like 09 or 010 even was saying, well, I th or no, definitely in 08, I think the traditionally accepted definition of marriage is my definition of marriage. Liberal centrist Democrats will say some shit that they don't believe in order to get elected or to maintain their own power. Absolutely. This country is moving towards legalization inevitably, inexorably. The West is showing the East and the Midwest how it's done. Whether it happens in the next three or four years or it happens in the next 10 years, it's going to happen. That's just one man's opinion, but there it is. Will these, let's say this law is passed, is there any viewpoint about 
would this persist beyond a national recognition of the of of the drug being legal? What I mean is, like, are these regulations permanent? Yeah, it's uh, a voters' unquote? initiative. Once this, right. once it, when people say this is a step forward, it's a freaking joke. To be honest with you, it's a step forward with no more steps. So people are like, "Oh, let's just get it in." It's our foot in the door. It's you can't change this law. You can get a new initiative going, but that means getting down to the streets, and that's probably not going to happen if this law passes. I think the chances of and something else being written is far better if this doesn't pass. I think that if it does pass, people are somewhat happy, even if they didn't really like it. They're complacent with it. You d- you don't have as much passion to see it get done, you know. And if I could say the things that I would want to see in a in a passing of recreational, which I so support. You know, and people I have to say like, oh, you know, you're just worried about your job. Yeah. Do I love teaching about medical marijuana? Sure. But at the end of the day, I'm still a doctor. And I always like to kind of leave that part out of it so I don't look biased. But what I would like to see is extremely clear grow laws. So the person who can't afford the dispensary prices can grow six foot trees, can have pounds of marijuana if that's what their six plant yields without being in fear. I want people to be able to carry a plant across town. It says you can transport it, but again, if you get pulled over, what does that mean? Additionally, I want clear DUI laws. The current DUI laws is written straight into Prop 205. Those DUI laws will not be amended. The current DUI law says that THC metabolites support an impaired driving. You cannot be considered impaired just upon THC metabolites, but you get an offender bender, they take your blood, the THC metabolites then support impaired driving. You throw a kid in the car, you have a felony. So clear that up. Class six felony. Um, well, that's a disaster. Exactly. Right so that's still there. I want, I will give up. I used to say I used to always want to see essentially the equivalent of patient to patient. I used to always want to see, like, let's say you're the best grower in southeast Arizona and you're my neighbor. Why can't I go to you like a, like a basic, like a farmer's market, like a small-time farmer? I think of doing patient to patient is like going to your local mechanic versus being forced to go to the dispensaries. I will give that up to see fair ability for people to create a lucrative business in this, in this field, where the small-time business person, the people who have that dream of creating... Uh, a, a family and a, their mini fortune or their successful business in the, in the recreational marijuana industry that aren't currently part of medical marijuana dispensaries. I want to see them have their chance. I don't want to see this internal law enforcement. If they're legalizing it, then leave it up to the local PD to do it and create a board that makes sense. Why isn't there a doctor on that board? Why isn't there a nurse on that board? If there's a board that's going to be taking over, why is it people from the dispensaries who have financial interest in the whole entire thing, and if they're taking over medical, throw somebody on there who has a medical background? Incredibly complex issue. My instinct is that it's going to pass. What's yours? I have. I would love to say that I could tell you, but I, I am so surrounded within the industry mm-hmm. that I I don't have a good feel for it. You know, people outside tell me they don't out of the industry say they don't think it's going to pass. I, I joke. I think the commercials I have to say against Prop Two Hundred Five almost made me want to vote for it. As much as I hate this law, yeah. Um, and I really think that stupid propaganda of the reefer madness bullshit, yeah, made a lot of people vote for it just because it was so stupid. It does. It totally does. It makes them look silly. It also reeks of this uh, this mentality that we're all idiots out here, mm-hmm. and just some commercial can make us go like. 
oh God, the marijuana, the marijuana devil is coming. Right. Let's run to church. Yeah. I mean, get the hell out of here with that nonsense. Yeah. That's not and, 1912 right, right. now. And I really think they that. missed a lot of points. Like so people, I'm not very political. My Facebook usually consists of puppies and my dogs and, you know, maybe my cat. Right. And so people ask me my opinion, which is the only reason why I decided to give it. Sure. And I've been called everything, you know, a prohibitionist. I got paid by discount tire. I'm like, damn, I wish I got paid by discount tire yeah, for my opinion. I mean, right. I could, I'd be going farther. I'm going to go to Paris this weekend or something. <laughs> but, um, you know, you're involved in the political field. I'm, you, I'm preaching to the choir. Yeah. When you, you know, if you stick your neck out uh, in any political sense or anything that could even be construed as political, Somebody will come along with an axe and they'll try to chop it off. That's what yeah. they do. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the nature of the world that we're in right now. All we can hope is that some genius out there is developing a high CBD strain that will remove us of the need to belittle each other and entertain the notion that facts don't matter. It's all nonsense. That's true. And etc. And we're all going to die anyway. Right. What right. did Gary Johnson say? Oh, in the long run, the sun's going to burn up the earth anyway. <laughs> so why do we have to deal with climate change? Fantastic. Jesus way Christ, to look Gary. At it. <laughs> Need to smoke more weed. And I actually said, like, that guy, Gary Johnson, I'm a regular marijuana user myself. Mm. Gary Johnson, as a, a regular marijuana user, made all of us look really bad. He couldn't remember anything. He was like fumbling through his facts. He was making ridiculous assertions like, don't worry about climate change because the sun is going to burn us up. Anyway. Like, Put the dabs down before you go in front of the mic. <laughs> don't dab before you go on CNN. That's, that's a that's note a good to self. Note to self. That should have been written into the law. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Heather Moroso has been talking to us about Prop 205. Very interesting law which seeks to legalize the use of marijuana on a state level. 